This is Alan Seaborn from Winning at Home. Welcome to In Progress, a podcast about faith, life, and how we grow. And for this episode, I'm going to be doing something a little bit different. Um, I, I don't know how many of you have figured out or pieced together, or maybe you already knew about Winning at Home and what we do here, but one of the things that I do is sometimes I get the chance to speak with my dad. So he's the one who started winning at home and he's been traveling and speaking all around the country for, I don't know, almost as long as I can remember in my life. And sometimes he and I have the chance to share together, which is a really fun thing. We love to do it. We, you know, talk sometimes about uh, marriage and I'll share, you know, from the perspective of, hey, Annalise and I have been married a few years. It's five now, and here's what we've learned. But one of the other events that he does is he shares about parenting, and he talks about it for, I don't know, maybe, you know, it's built into an event, and there's maybe two and a half hours of speaking throughout this, and he'll talk about parenting young children, parenting teens, and then letting your kids go as they become adults. And so he's like, hey, I'd love for you to share with me at this event sometime. And we were trying to figure it out because I'm not a parent. So I was like, okay, that's kind of a unique thing. And what we decided to do is have me think back on the things that, um, you know, as I'm calling the episode here, things my parents got right. And so what I'm going to be sharing about is the things that looking back now, I realize in the moment that my parents were doing to intentionally create this environment at home where they were investing in us spiritually and emotionally, where they were creating a place where we enjoyed being, where we looked forward to spending time together as a family. And I've got a feeling that for some of you, because these are a lot of the questions that get asked when I talk about really most things that have anything to do with kids, people are asking questions like the really practical stuff, right? Of, okay, well, what age do I let them set up accounts online? What age do I let them start having their own devices? You know, what What's a good bedtime? Stuff like that. The things that as a parent, you're really worried, man, am I doing this right? Am I making the wrong decision? Am I hurting my kids in the long run because of X? Now, I'm going to be talking less about that kind of stuff and more about the environment because I think that a lot of those Uh, decisions and a lot of those rules really depend on your specific kids. And you know each of your kids way better than I ever could. And a lot of those rules and guidelines as you're figuring them out, they're going to be dependent on each of your kids. But I want to talk about instead of that, kind of the bigger picture of the things that I look back on now and realize that my mom and my dad were very intentionally 
doing to create this environment, like I say, where they were building character, where they were teaching us values, and where they were creating this place where we enjoyed being. And I want to let you know, because for those of you that are, and I'm guessing if you're not in the midst of raising kids, you probably already turned this episode off, which totally makes sense. It's really not directed for you. But for those of you that are raising young kids right now, I want to say something that they don't have the, I guess, the wherewithal or the understanding or they don't really get what's going on enough to say this. But I want to say thank you for the investment that you're making. Because your kids, like I say, they don't realize it now. Because if you think about it, what you grow up in and around just feels normal. So it's like, hey, whatever mom and dad or whatever mom or whatever dad is doing here, this is just what life is. And then as your kids get older and they experience more and more as they're at friends' houses or as they're, you know, move out and figure out, oh, wow, some people were raised quite a bit differently than I was, then they gain the perspective and go, wow, there were some real sacrifices made to invest in me intentionally. So I want to say on your kid's behalf right now, parents, for the investment that you're making, thank you. And now I want to share a little bit about what some of those investments were that mom and dad in my home growing up made in us. And so the first thing I think of is there were, I don't even know how he found these. You probably could go on Amazon and find something similar now. But my dad found what looked like a little deck of playing cards. And instead of playing cards, the front of each of these cards had a picture of some story from the Bible. And then the back of it had a kind of a kid-friendly write-up of the story. And so I can remember often, I think we maybe did it every night as we sat down and ate dinner as a family. After dinner, mom or dad would go and grab this little deck of cards and they would take the next one out. And they would show the front of the card, the the picture around the table so all of us four kids could see. And then they would read the story from the back. And at the end of the story, there were always a couple questions that were sort of, you know, the factual, hey, did you pay attention to the story questions? And I'm the oldest of four, so I was like, oh, those are the little kid questions, you know, so I'll let my little siblings handle those. But then there was always a third question, and it, it was worded differently each time, but it was always something along the lines of, because you just learned this or were reminded of this about who God is, about what he's like, about what he wants from us, how does life look different now? What are you going to do as a result of this truth? And what I think that those moments of discussion really did for us is it helped to, in a lot of ways, I guess kind of 
normalize having conversations about what God was up to in our lives. And when I think back on that now, I realize why that made it more comfortable when in the future, as we got older, we were going through the highs and lows of growing up and we had questions or we were celebrating something good, why it it made more sense to share that stuff. Because we, not we, my parents had created this culture, this environment where sharing what God is up to in our lives was a daily or near daily thing. And I can also remember that my dad is really creative and really um, just, he doesn't really spend a lot of time with music, but he's just really naturally gifted musician. You know, he plays piano by ear and he plays guitar. He's taught himself how to play guitar by ear, which is just insane to me because you know, I don't know how those genes work, but I've told you before, I, I'm not musical. Uh, I don't know if through my mom's side of the family, we just all got the tone deaf gene or what, or what, but you know, my dad's the musical one. And so what he did is he went through and he found uh, a lot of Bible verses that you would try to teach to kids or you would try to you know, remind kids of, and he kind of put them to his own music. And then as we were getting ready for bed, after we had finally, you know, finished the whole routine, got cleaned up, brushed our teeth, got changed, we're winding down. What my mom and dad would do is come into the room and they would sing with us these Bible verses. And, you know, at the beginning we had, you know, maybe one or two. And then as we knew those really, really well, there would be more and more and more added. And I think by the time I was, I don't know, 12 or 13, somewhere in there, I feel like there were probably 15 or 20 verses that we would sing every single night. And my dad especially is really super energetic and really... um, (laughs) upbeat and excitable and so a lot of these songs involved a lot of motions and jumping around and da 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 those kind of things that looking back now I'm like man why in the world would they have done that when you know you're finally getting the kids to bed that's like wow we actually get some time to ourselves now I can't believe that once they had finally gotten us all totally wound down and ready for bed, that they would do these songs and these motions and this excitement that would kind of crank the adrenaline back up and get us so we've got to be wound down once again. And when I think back on that, I realize the sacrifice that they were making of giving up I don't know how long it would have been, 20, 30 minutes of time, adult time, time to themselves, time they could go and just relax every single night. And I realized that they were doing it very intentionally, whether 
they felt like it or not, right? Because I'm sure there were a ton of nights where they didn't. Because they wanted to get this scripture and this truth into us. And I've got to say, it's been probably, I don't know, 15 plus years since I've heard those songs or sung those songs. But I know those verses. I, I didn't realize at the time, right? You think you're just singing songs and having fun. But the reality is what happened is the truth of Scripture, it got into me and into my siblings as we sang those verses every single night. We learned those truths. And when we run into something in life that now you know, those scripture verses apply to, I know that all four of us kids growing up, we have those verses now. They'll be probably with us for the rest of our lives, whether we ever read one of those verses again or not. Because my parents were intentional about every single night creating this environment where we got scripture into us. And it was in a way, you know, it's almost like those, um, <laughs> like those learning games. You're almost coming in through the back door in some ways of, oh, I accidentally tricked you into learning because you were having fun and you thought this was just a game or whatever. It, it was almost that kind of a thing, you know. You don't realize we're sitting down and we're memorizing verses. We were singing and having fun and memorizing these verses but I you know I, I don't want you to walk away with the idea that you know we're just living this like monk-like existence and we're just yep we're singing verses all the time and we're talking about the Bible af- after meals you know because my parents also created an environment where we had a lot of fun in our home And I think back on a few of the different games that were created. And one of them that the first game that I can really remember that stands out, you know, it wasn't like a board game. It was a game that my mom or dad or both, I don't know, created. So the first house that I remember living in had a really, it almost, when I think about it, it almost had like an, open concept layout, which I know wasn't a thing at that point. I think it probably was just space was at such a premium that they're like, man, if we put a bunch of walls in this house, it's just going to be too tiny. And it was a two-story house. There was a stairway. It was kind of um, how you picture those grand stairways when you walk into someone's front door And then like 10 feet back from the front door, there's the staircase, beautiful staircase that goes up to the second floor. It was laid out like that minus the grandness and the (laughs) beautifulness and, you know, all that. It was just to save space or whatever. They just put the stairs 10 feet back from the main entrance. And so what happened was the whole house was kind of built around these stairs. So when you entered through the front door, you were in the living room, and then that kind of fed, like I said, open concept. It was kind of one big room. 
it fed into the dining room. And then as you went around the back of the stairs, I I don't know if you can picture this or not as I'm describing it, but you don't really have to, I don't think, for this story to make sense. So then you would go into the kitchen, and then off of the kitchen, there was a door, and there was, I can't remember if it would have been a bedroom next or a bathroom next. Probably bedroom, right? Bathroom doesn't make a ton of sense next to the kitchen. I don't know, bedroom doesn't either. Uh, Who cares? And then there was another bedroom or bathroom. And once you came out of that room, you're back at the front of these stairs. So you could run in a big circle around the whole main floor. And these stairs went up to the second floor, kind of in the middle of all this. So I can remember playing for a long time like probably an hour, a game that mom or dad, who knows, created where they would blow up a balloon, they would sit on the couch in the living room, and whatever adult was available then, mom or dad would hit the balloon in the air, and our job as kids, one at a time, we would race around, try to run around the entire house, come back and hit that balloon up in the air again before it hit the ground. Now I can remember, like I say, playing this game for a long time. And now as an adult, I think back and go, okay, I could probably keep my excitement level up for the kids for maybe, you know, three times for each kid, three turns, right? But for an hour? To sit there and go, oh, wow, you, you got the balloon again. Great job. That's a new world record. Da, da, da. I don't know how long I could do that in fake excitement. But I can remember playing that game for a long, long, long time. And I realize now, again, my parents were on purpose making sacrifices of you know, instead of doing something they, I'm sure, would have rather been doing in that moment, they sat and they played with us in an effort to create a home where we enjoyed being, where we felt safe and secure and happy. And there were other games, I'm not going to go into a bunch of them, but there's one more I want to share because this one was another real highlight there was a game that we came to call Crash Ball. This game started because we had, I don't know, it was probably foam or rubber or something, I don't know, a little ball that every time you bounced it, it would make a different sound effect. And so it would do, you know, glass shattering or a car horn or, you know, whatever other engine backfire, you know, all different kinds of sound effects as the ball bounced against the ground. And so what happened, I'm guessing that this was a creation of my dad's because he's creative and competitive. So we would go up to the top of the stairs and we would drop the ball down the stairs and we would count how many different times it bounced, which was easy because it would make sound effects each time. So we started keeping track, and this is why I think it was my dad, because 
the Seaborn family, like super competitive still to this day, I'm 34. My brother's 31. My dad is, I don't know, 58 or something like that. To this day, when my brother comes in town, he lives out of state, kind of near Philadelphia. And when he comes into town, we'll play a game of 21. It's a little basketball, kind of a pickup game. You can play with a few people. And the games at this age, 34, 31, 58, still sometimes end with one too many sharp elbows and somebody slams the ball down and is like, I'm done. I'm done with you guys. That's how competitive things are in the Seaborn home. And so we started keeping track and we would have records for who bounced this ball in this new game invented called Crash Ball, who bounced the ball the most times as it fell down the stairs. And then we kind of reached the limit probably of what you can do with the one ball. And so we started getting different kinds of things that we could drop down the stairs. We found tennis balls and golf balls and footballs to add a little excitement with the crazy shape. Basketballs, we anything, dodgeballs, anything you could find. And we would keep track. We would keep records. We'd be running down those stairs, grab all the balls and run back up and play all over again. And there were some picture frames that used to hang on the stairway that were casualties to this game. I'm sure the paint looked terrible compared to how it could have looked if we weren't constantly throwing stuff down these stairs. But let me tell you that those moments were so fun. And when I think back on it, I initially... You know, as a kid, I thought, man, my parents are inventing these games. This is awesome. They're so creative. Now, for those of you parents that are listening, realize how much money was spent on any of these games. Very, very little, right? (laughs) It was using balloons, which probably were already around left over from a birthday or something, and using different balls that we already have probably from playing outside, I always thought my parents were super, super creative. And now I look back on it, I realize, man, they were just super cheap. They didn't want want to spend money on making these games happen. And I, I say that to say this, investing in your kids, creating an environment where spiritual things are a regular part of what you do. Creating an environment where having fun and playing these games that get the family together and get everyone involved and and make a home where kids enjoy being, this doesn't take a huge financial investment. The, the barrier to entry here is a willingness to, as I mentioned several times, to sacrifice your time and your energy and your effort when it's like, hey, it's kind of adult time now, like time for the kids to be done and time for me to focus on me. Now, saying that, I understand that there are lots of different situations and circumstances 
represented by the lives of the people that are listening right now. And I'm not saying this to guilt you and you're like, hey, thanks a lot. I'm a single parent and I'm working, you know, multiple jobs and I'm trying to figure this out. This is not saying like, hey, you need to sacrifice even more so that you can. I'm just telling you some of the things that my parents intentionally did that looking back now, I'm so grateful for. And I want to encourage you. If, you know, I'm not saying you need to go from not doing this kind of stuff at all to taking every story I just told and going, I'm going to do exactly this. But do a little bit. Do, if you're going from nothing, you know, instead of going to from zero to 10, going all the way to 10, go to 1.5, go to two. And be intentional. It doesn't have to be every single day. It doesn't have to be twice every single day. But you can start somewhere. And you can help create this environment that not right now. Now, that's the challenging part, right? Your kids, like I say, right now aren't going to have the perspective to realize what you're doing. To realize, wow, I really need to be grateful to my parents or my parent because they're they're really giving of themselves to create this place for me. They're not going to realize that now. But in 15 or 20 or 25 or 30 years, yeah, they're going to look back and go, wow, I get it now. I get, you know, probably as they are doing this same stuff with their own kids, they're going to go, Man, mom or dad sat and did that with me for how long? Man, this is not so fun for an adult. But I'll tell you what, it sure is for the kid. And I know, like I say, I'm probably a unique messenger, right? Not having kids and like, hey, I got these ideas for how you can invest in your kids. But they're not my ideas. What I'm doing is letting you know some of the things that as I think back now, I realize made a big impact on me. And I want to encourage you, like I say, if you're looking and going, I haven't really done this, um, I want to encourage you to take some baby steps, to take some small steps in the direction toward being more intentional, creating an environment where your kids have fun, where they want to be at home, where they enjoy being at home, and also an environment where talking about spiritual things isn't weird or abnormal or uncomfortable. It might be at first, but if you intentionally create this environment where your kids know, oh, mom or dad is talking about this stuff, it must not be that weird to talk about it. You can create an environment where your kids are comfortable talking with you about what God's up to in their lives and the successes and the failures that they see along the way. So I want to encourage you and I want to, like I said earlier, say thank you, parents, 
for the way that you're investing in your kids. They don't see it fully now, but they will. Thanks for what you're doing.